Hello again, Jeff Dogge. How the hell are you? Really good, man. Really good. Over the jet lag from Florida. <laughs> How many hours is it over to Florida? It's only three. Uh, it's, well, because unfortunately, because there is not a direct flight from Portland, Oregon to Tampa, um, mm-hmm. it's about eh, seven, eight hours, nine hours, give or take. Wow, that's a long, so, that's, long yeah, day right on a plane. You know, you know the job. Yeah, you could go to get to Europe for that. Pretty and well. So, that's what I was thinking. I could go to London in nine hours, you know, but hey. So <laughs> tell us why you were in Florida, Jeff. The Florida Audio Expo. It's a new show. It started last year. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I couldn't make it last year, but uh, I wish I'd have gone. I mean, it's it's really, really a great small show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they had about, I think they had about 65 rooms, if I'm correct. Uh-huh. And um, it's about twice the size it was last year. I think it was a little bit um, misperceived as a dealer show last year. But, you know, granted, they're just like Rocky Mountain or Expona. There were a few dealers there. I mean, the the folks at Suncoast Audio, I think they had four rooms. And, you know, right. they're a real big dealer down there. But there were plenty of manufacturers there. And, you know, it was really a fun show. Right. Okay. And let me ask you this. Did you see any new products being launched at this show? I know Cardis had a new power cable there. Okay. Um, There were a couple of other small things. You know, I was just running around room to room to room. Selfishly, I went to get the hell out of here because it had been raining since Christmas. So it Mm. was, A, it was nice to see the sun, and B... I thought of you, Waffle House was right down the street. Oh, my days of Waffle House are over, Jeff. <laughs> so, you know, I haven't, I just, I haven't... Every once in a while. I haven't been to a Waffle House since, probably since college, when we used to go, when I lived in Wisconsin, we would escape Wisconsin and head down to Florida in January, February, just to see a little sun, and Waffle House was always a staple of that. So it was it was good memories, you know? Now, okay, so back to Florida, where the yes. sun shines, and it's a, a good new show. And it's also interesting that I think maybe they've capitalized a little bit. No, not, no I've got to be careful how I say this. The, the, I think the success of this show can in some way be attributed to the fact that CES has died in the ass for high-end audio. Oh, definitely. I mean, no offense to the, the lovely people at the Florida Audio Expo, but I'm sure if CES would have been a month ago, no one would attend this. So it was really nice of them to put it, you know, out from the holiday season. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. I would suggest anyone in America flying to that show next year that has Mm. to make a connection, fly through Houston, not through Denver, just because of the weather. Of course, yeah. And potential issues. So, yes, yes. Yeah, but I think I guess for for most people, it's a bit like Europeans. I mean, we tend to like to escape the cloudy gray winters of Germany, at least once in the winter to get the dose of sunshine. So I suppose that's also another draw card for this. Is, is it in Tampa? Did you say it was in Tampa? Yes, yeah. it's in Tampa. Yeah, so. yeah right. Okay. Now, <clears throat> tell me, does it differ in any other in any way to say other shows, other regional shows that take place in the USA beyond the weather? You know, I haven't spent time at Capital Audio Fest, but from what everyone that I know that's been to Capital Audio Fest compared mm-hmm. it a lot to that show, um, mm-hmm. I would have to say the the vibe of the show is great. 
the size was nice. You could you could spend a day or two really walking the show and seeing everything. And again, for me, the real success with this show is the people putting the show on. I mean, yeah. all four of the guys that put the show on are dyed in the wool audiophiles that started out of the Suncoast Audio Society. And so there's much more of a hands-on feel. Um, the level of attention they paid to their, you know, to their attendees. I didn't hear one vendor complaint about not getting their stuff. You know, I didn't hear anything about logistics problems. Um, mm. And I have to say, I mean, f they really went out of their way for the press as well. I mean, I got there. I hadn't been checked in my room 10 minutes and there was a fellow at the door handing me a goodie bag and here's your badge. You don't have to bother registering, which was you know, very helpful, very, very nice. I mean, there was cool. just yeah, just a real, you know, real polite vibe. I mean, it was a real mm. easy show to attend. Right. Okay. So, But you do have, how do I put this? You do have some cranky pants to wear <laughs> when, talk, <laughs> when, when talking about this event because you wrote an editorial this week um, about well, it was it was about. Will you tell me what the, your editorial was about, Jeff? But go through it slowly because I think there are a lot, there are a lot of very subtle issues to unpack in your yes. editorial. Well, as I said in the in the 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 title of the blog post, you know, the answer to the audio industry question. Um, you know, nearly everyone you talk to, nearly everyone I've ever talked to in the audio industry, one of the biggest questions is always, how do we get new people and how do we get younger people and some of those new people will be younger people granted mm -hmm. and some of those people will just be new people that are let's say 25 to 65 just i mean to me new people means people that that enjoy music but don't really know that high-end audio or high performance audio as i like to call it exists and then mm -hmm. the the young people are a subset of that and we've got our pal david solomon doing such a great job being a brand evangelist for cobas mm -hmm. and you know he's the official streaming partner of every show but nobody was streaming because there wasn't decent wi-fi anywhere and that's been the story at rocky mountain that was the story at Expono last year. And, you know, I really think the disconnect, and, and tell me if you agree or not, but I really think in order to get somebody excited about audio, about hi-fi, about spending money on more than a set of earbuds, is to sit them down either in front of a music system or a personal audio system with headphones, good headphones, and give them the ability to play something that they know, that they love, that they've heard countless times, so they can have that aha moment and go, "Wow, you know this. This sounds great. I, maybe, maybe I need this. You know, maybe I need to investigate further." But if you walk in a room and all you can hear are the twenty or thirty or fifty LPs that they've got there, or they've got this playlist queued up on a hard drive, which understandably, if you're having problems with the Wi-Fi, it makes sense to have some stuff on a hard drive or on a thumb drive so that it's not going to glitch out when it's playing. But 
I, I really, I mean, again, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you and I share the same love for music, first and foremost. Would you agree? Absolutely, I would. Yes, it's safe yeah, for yeah, me yeah. to say that. So, I mean, if you if you had never imagine I wiped your memory of hi-fi clean with one of those little things from Men in Black, and <laughs> you you know, okay, and you went to a hi-fi show for the first time, but I didn't wipe your musical taste clean, okay, mm-hmm. and you walked in a room, and every single room was playing music that you had either never heard weren't familiar with or really didn't much care for you know you might not be that in you know you might not be that enthused you might go well what do i need that for you know but if you heard your favorite track on one of those big hi-fi systems perhaps that would encourage you to go further and for me that's the only thing wrong i mean i i really think it's all about the customer. It's all about the potential enthusiast. And rather than, you know, coming up with some kind of industry association or doing everything really complicated, it's real simple. Hand somebody an iPad, let them go to Cobas on Rune, Rune or not, pick out a track they love, no matter if you like it or not. But it's like, that's, I, I'm so passionately convinced that that's the way to get more people into hi-fi i mean years ago john atkinson and stereophile had written this editorial he had this really complex formula of how to get more people in the hi-fi industry and i had sent a letter to the editor which didn't get published but i said hey there's a real easy way to do this everybody's got 10 friends talk one of your friends into buying a hi-fi system bam you just doubled the size of the hi-fi industry no, hmm. no complex algorithms needed. And I, you know, I just, I just think music and audio is such an experiential thing that, you know, when you hear a bit of music, I mean, look at movies. I mean, look at how good the sound system is when you go to a movie theater. I mean, you don't go to a movie theater on a giant screen with a, you know, with a sound bar playing you you hear music so you're i think younger people especially are are accustomed and programmed to listening to music in almost an epic way so you know you i i think the enthusiasm is really there with a lot of these people but they're just not if they don't connect with it with their music that they love it's 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 easy to turn your back on it so that's i mean really that's it in a nutshell for me Uh, You've said a lot lot of stuff there, Jeff. I think it's very interesting. And basically, everything that you've just said goes around and around in my head all the time, and especially when I'm at an audio show. So, yeah, you're right. The first time I went to an audio show was Rocky Mountain 2011 or 2012. 2011, I think it was. And I I was kind of surprised because I didn't know any of the music. None of it spoke to me. But I was generally kind of excited to be there for the gear because it was my first show and I was actually covering it professionally. Right. But had I been just an, you know, just a paying customer turning up um, with my music tastes, I would have walked out after the first day. No question. You and and me both, dude, I can, I can clear a room at a hi-fi show in about eight seconds, you know, no problem. I would say, I would say the same of pretty much every hi-fi show I ever go to. It it hasn't changed in 10 years. And I think there were, 
people buy hi-fi or people take an interest in hi-fi on two different levels and this is the same when when they buy cars or watches or clothes or whatever they use their brain but they also use their emotions now the guys that have been to hi-fi shows for many years and are really into into the pursuit i don't like calling it a hobby i'll call it a pursuit because for me it's it's a lifeblood thing music i agree agree but anyway but if you're into it after a while you you tend to you tend to listen more with your brain because you're familiar with the gear. You kind of know what to listen for. But before you can get to that point, you have to make the jump from, I don't know, whatever it is you have normally in a sort of day-to-day life, before you get into sort of what you call high-performance audio, you have to have, as you say, the aha moment. And that doesn't come from your brain. That comes from having your emotions I guess, sandblasted by a musical experience. You just kind of go, oh my God, I had no idea that this wonderful piece of music that I, I think is wonderful could sound so good. Now, the problem I think arises at shows, especially for guys that are running the rooms, is that, yeah, you could pass an iPad around and I'm all for this, I really am. But the, I know that the guy that is generally passing the iPad will be the guy that designed one piece, several pieces of the gear. And he might be mortified by how, by A, the music itself, which is in my head, in my head, I just think, well, tough shit. But B. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, dude, it's like, and I say this to every single person in the hi-fi industry. Do mm. you want to sell more gear or not? It's not about you. If you want to sell gear, you have to make the customer happy. And really, you need to hear Keith don't go one more time, really? You know, I mean, come on. I I absolutely agree with you. But the reason these guys play this all the time is because, well, I actually don't think that many many of them have that adventurous them and the music choices. But also they're older and their music choices are locked down and they were probably locked down in the 80s, which is why we hear so much 80s music. Sure. But, But what it is, is they're trying to show off what the system can do. They're trying to appeal to people's brains constantly and as i've just said that's not how newcomers buy exactly i might bring a friend who might want to play i don't know snoop dogg right i've said this before i don't like hip-hop but i really wish audio shows would play way more hip-hop because a it can sound great and also it's just different and it talks to a different audience like my friend who likes hip hop, right? Now he might have his hallelujah moment listening to, I don't know, a Snoop Dogg track, an Ice-T track. I know you're into Ice-T. But again, it, right. All right. Okay. But it's not about me and it's not about anybody choosing the musical program. But unfortunately, these guys who make the gear, they get to choose the music because again, they want to make it sound the best that, well, they want to make their gear sound the best it possibly can. But when you've got an industry which has slowly over the years funneled its audio show, show audience down to dudes who are right. 50 plus, right. who are really into audio, they too are going to be thirsting for the same old tracks that sound amazing, which is why Kral and Lofgren and uh, who's the other bus gags and all these cliches have become cliches because over the years, everybody else has been funneled away. And so when you try and do something different now, it's very difficult. And I think somebody wrote on Facebook earlier on, actually, they wrote um, about the Florida audio show that he said it almost took um, 
<laughs> what was it like a, a new congressional law to get something other than the, the same old, same old played in a room when it was suggested? Now, the thing is, you can't force people, exhibitors, to play different stuff, a wider variety of stuff, or play past the iPad, which I think is the ideal thing to play. But also, again, as we know, when somebody, let's say they take the iPad and they punch in, I don't know, any pop track, any track that isn't out of the ordinary, you're going to see three guys make a huff and a puff, and they might grumble, and they'll either keep grumbling or they'll stand up and walk out, right? Then they now, walk the, out, you know? Yeah, but, the, but those guys are also a problem because it's this intolerance that keeps keeps the exhibitor and his audience in lockstep with one another, playing the same old, same old, living Groundhog Day musically and keeping newcomers at bay. So by all means, keep doing this. I mean, I, I've got, I can't tell people what to do, but equally, you can't keep doing the same thing and playing the same stuff. And then the next day, wonder why. Why there's no customers. Yeah, why there's no newcomers, why there are no young people, why there are no women, why there are no, I hate to say this generally, uh, people of color. I don't know what it's, people I mean, of I find- any other, any other anything. I mean, again, Years ago, years ago, I get it, okay? when Before we had Cobas and Tidal, I get mm -hmm. it, okay? You can only bring so much music to a show. But now that we have the ability to stream umpty zillion tracks, yeah. now there's no excuse. And again, I, I think what everyone is forgetting, well, I won't say everyone because I hate to make those, those broad sweeping generalizations, but... What I think a lot of people are really losing track of, especially in our industry, because we've lived with this gear for so long. And our, mm -hmm. as you said earlier, our senses have become very attuned to what we, whatever we think is great sound and not yeah. great sound. And of course, we want the system to show that off. But you have to remember that person that's coming in from outside of our world even if you play the crappiest recording on a great system, the Delta is going to be so tremendous to that person. You know, it's it's like if you sat somebody down in front of a, let's say you sat them down in front of a half a million dollar hi-fi system who was just listening to earbuds and, and 10 minutes into the presentation, you're asking them to tell the difference between cable. It, it's too much for anybody to absorb. So mm -hmm. I think you really have, if you can possibly, again, I say this to everyone in the high-end audio industry, if you can possibly set that aside just for the three minutes for that new person who's never experienced any of this stuff, you know, mm. um, they will still be blown away. And that's the key. That And, and I guarantee, I guarantee if, if, I mean, your friend that likes Snoop Dogg, if he's walking down the aisle at the Munich Hi-Fi show and he hears 50 rooms playing audiophile standards and he hears one room playing Snoop Dogg, he's going to make a beeline for that room and go, hey, what's going on Absolutely. in there? And Absolutely. that's what we need to yeah. do. So you guys can all keep playing all that same boring music you've been playing, but you all have to shut up that you're not getting any new business. 
because bingo absolutely absolutely bang on yes yeah. yes spot on yeah absolutely you can't you can't have it both ways you can't keep playing kral and skags and and uh i don't know all the other the cliche tunes that get rolled out time and time again all those soft acoustic covers of 90s alt rock oh, you know kill me you know, now please what? just kill me now right why not play the original play the original but you're too scared to play the original so it's just by all means keep doing that so keep doing that but stop complaining because i got to say you're part of the problem if you you know you keep doing that you are the problem if you're the guy that grumbles about somebody playing beyonce you're part of the problem if you're the guy that insists on hearing classical music and there's nothing wrong with classical music but if you keep insisting from room to room to room to room and insisting that this is what audio is all about or opera or any other higher art form as, you, as they may see it you if you can't tolerate other people's choices you are part of the problem true and and i i think because and because as we get older we get less tolerant and you know as we know Watch most of the getting older, older comments <laughs> well you know no. I, i'm 40 you know what i mean though we do get less tolerant. No, I, I understand right? i understand and one of, so because it's full of because the audio shows are full of men and men tend to behave differently when there aren't a lot of women around. And they tend to get a, a They do. <laughs> no, it's true. It's so they true. do. They get more bolshy. They get more crabby. And they yes. grumble more. And yeah. so you've got basically every audio show is like a hothouse of older dudes, many of whom are very quick to grumble about anything, really. I mean, we're doing it now, Jeff. We're grumbling about people who grumble that there aren't any new people in hi-fi. Well, but, I'm just, I'm, I mean, again, the, 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 <laughs> the amazing thing is, is that the solution is there and it, and it couldn't be easier. And I mean, I mean, again, really, I mean, if you're an exhibitor in a hi-fi show, I don't care who you are. I mean, when, when I was at, um, well, at the Florida show, uh, mm. in the, in the VAC room with, um, with the, you know, they had VAC, they had that big VAC von Schweikert, you know, that big like million dollar system that they had at Munich, mm. which, which is a pretty stunning system. Mm -hmm. They were playing Madonna in there and, and all the guys that were in there that had wives, girlfriends, younger women, younger people that were in there, they were all bouncing around with smiles on their face, having a great time, you know, and they kind of mixed it up. Yeah. They played some standards, but they played a lot of fun stuff too. So and I've had I've had two really cool experiences with hi-fi demos in the last six months. The first was in Warsaw last year with uh, Jürgen. I probably told, told you about this before, but Jürgen Rice in the MBL room playing like an audio file standard, and then playing Will Smith's "Get Jiggy with It," and then yeah. playing another <laughs> audio file cut, and then playing I don't know Talking Heads or something like that. And I thought that was a good way to do it, like bounce it between sure audio Give file cut. And, a shot. Yes, right. And this is this is the important thing: is everybody needs to feel that they're represented, right? So last week I was at Focal in the south of France, and we're in their big demo room, and they're playing. Where the ladies wear no pants. No, it's what? <laughs> it's an old old. There's an old song from a guy called Zwall, and he did this uh -huh. track called. I'm in the southern part of France where the ladies wear no pants. So whenever I see that, I just, I, just <laughs> I, I had no idea what you were talking about, Jeff. I'm glad there you, you qualified that. So, <laughs> so we're at the Focal factory in their big demo room, big floor standing speakers, Grand Utopias, I believe, and then yeah, statement yeah. amplification, right? Like crazy ass money system, crazy money. But 
the, the Focal guy played like three fairly sort of audiophile type tracks. And then I think he played Billie Eilish, which is, you know, the this year's... Um, Controversy. Well, she's this year's controversy, but she's also this this year's Lord. Remember how everyone, you know, audiophiles thought they were a bit young and hip playing Lord a few years ago, and right. now they think they're a bit young and hip playing Billie Eilish. And that's fine, and it's nice that there is a difference. I shouldn't really ridicule really that too much. But what was great about this, I was there with a bunch of um, Australian hi-fi dealers and a couple of other journalists, and amazingly, they passed the iPad around, and everybody got to play something, and a few people played some acid trance which i thought what is this a mistake <laughs> so it was wonderful and everybody got a go and that so everybody came away feeling that they got to hear a track that they chose on this big system and everybody came away feeling satisfied and nobody grumbled and nobody grizzled about everybody else's choices but i think that well i can't i just don't see that playing out so well on an audio show because there is a hardcore of attendees at audio shows have been going year in, year out, who expect the standards. And unfortunately, they're not great with change because, uh, again, maybe because they're Then like the dinosaurs, they will die a miserable death. It's that simple. Right, but we I don't think we've got time to wait for them. I hate to say this. I don't want to say die out because it's horrible, but like I don't think we've got time. We don't think we have like the 10 or 15 years that it will allow this to happen naturally. I think, no, I mean the manufacturers because the right. new audience just won't buy this stuff. You know? Right. So I guess, well, maybe these guys are just selling to the same crowd. They'll play the same music. They get the, 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 these guys to write the same checks and they just keep going round and round and round, which is, I think, what's going on at the moment because I don't see, I mean, I could be wrong, but I can't imagine many people under 30 coming out of nowhere and writing a check for a Von, von Schweikert system or anything like that. I don't know, but I could be wrong. I think, you know, or I'm trying to think of another a manufacturer that would, you know, uh, let me think. Like, oh, MBL is a good example. You know, maybe some young kid from Hong Kong is a you know, millionaire or gets a, who gets a, a chunk of money every month from his parents. But generally, you know, my friends are not rushing out to buy an MBL hi-fi system. Never in a million years are they doing that. And it's not, it's, I'm not trying to pick out on pick up. I'm not trying to pick on MBL here, but I don't see hi-fi shows being relevant in any way to any of my friends' music taste. None of them. I mean, maybe maybe a few that you know play the occasional piece of classical will like it, but I just I just don't see it. I think there's a complete disconnect between the audiophile world sitting on the edge of a town in a, in a hotel and the rest of the world. And it's not just metaphorical; it's physical as well, and it's it's demographically disconnected. Um, it's ethnographically disconnected. Is that how you say it when you're talking about um, ethnic? Perhaps, yeah. yeah. I mean, but again, if if you're going to that, let's just take any one of our friends, you or me, who mm. we've coerced them into going to an audio show. Right. And they go to an audio show. They don't hear anything that they find interesting. Are they ever going to go back? Probably not. And and I think, you know, the thing that I find dismaying about all the shows is mm-hmm. that there are people that I've been seeing going to these shows back and forth and back and forth. And a number, I mean, there's this fellow that I, ta- I used to talk to at Rocky Mountain every year for mm-hmm. 15 years, Jim from Iowa. Lovely man. Hey, Jim, did you buy those Harbeths yet? Well, 
Well, I don't know. You know, so it's obviously what you're doing now isn't working. And the thing is, again, the tools are right there. It's not that we have this question that can't be answered. It's not that we don't have a way to get there. Because before, five years ago, before streaming really took off in earnest, Mm. the answer to that would be, well, but I can't bring all the music in the world to a hi-fi show. Well, now you can. Right. Absolutely agree. But, I mean, tell me, how do you think um, exhibitors can get around the limited bandwidth of the the hotel's Wi-Fi system? That's the problem. And I think that's a problem we all as a group, as an industry, really, and and to all the show presenters out there, Mm. I think this is something that should be discussed and perhaps figure out a way. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago at, I think even at Expona last year, and I think at CES in years past, the, the amount of money that it cost to get a decent connection was was prohibitively high. So I don't know, maybe perhaps the show organizers can find a way to make that available for the couple of days of the show. I just think it would really help. I mean, I'm not mm. I'm not pissed at anybody. I'm just, you know, hey, you know, you've you've got the solution right here, but it's it's just one step it's just out of your grasp to make it happen. And I mean, again, with these shows going on for three days, three and a half days, again, let's just say you're either a young person or a new person. You go to the show on Friday, you play some music you love, and it's Mm. cool, and you had an amazing time. What are the chances of you telling at least two or three of your friends, hey, man, you know, you really need to go to this Denver audio show or you really need to go to the Florida show or Expona or whatever. I saw some really cool stuff there. I know how much you like music, blah, blah, blah. You know, but if if you went there and all you heard was Diana Krall, boring, Who's who are you going to tell that to? You know? Hey, hey, answer me this. If you, if you weren't a hi-fi reviewer, journalist, whatever you want to call it, would you go to an audio show? Once. That would be all I'd need. Because I'd see the I'd see the stuff I want to see, and um, that would for me that would be enough. I wouldn't keep going back to hi-fi shows because I mean again, not because hi-fi shows are bad or anything like that, but mm. I tend to get the information I need to make the purchase, make the purchase, and then I'm good. Plus, I've always fostered having a really good relationship with your hi-fi dealer, so for me. Hi-Fi shows not really, I mean, only if it was a way to really see something that I couldn't see in my local market. And again, mm. I wouldn't be adverse back back when I lived in Wisconsin. You know, we had a couple of really good Hi-Fi dealers right in Milwaukee. And then 70 miles down the freeway, we had Chicago. And there were, you know, there were a number of really great dealers down there. So, I mean, I thought nothing of getting in the car and driving two hours to go down to Quintessence Audio or, you know, one of the other big show showrooms down there. So, um, I mean, and even, if, I mean, again, if you go back to, even if you go back to Car World, living in Portland, Oregon, there's no Aston Martin dealer. If you want to buy an Aston Martin dealer, you got to make the three hour drive to Seattle. Um, mm. If you're into it, you'll go. So, 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, it would be seeing the same because we're seeing a lot of the same stuff at the shows. So again, it's so much more important, I think, to try and bring some new people in. So, I mean, I've expressed my opinion on this before, saying that for me, a hi-fi show is wholly unreliable for making a purchasing decision. Oh, totally. Beyond, beyond, beyond an entire system in a room that may be similar to yours. But I, I would never, ever go to a show to to use it as an audition um, space. And I know a lot of people want it to be that because dealers are dying, they're falling off the off the map, and therefore they need a place in their head where they think they can make informed decisions. And I don't think the show is it. Agreed. So, so really you're kind of going to hear like music on systems you could probably never afford. And if I were to see it that way, I would, if, you know, if the shows were playing the, the stuff that they've been playing for the last 10 years, I wouldn't go to an audio show ever. Apart from if I saw Zoo Audio were exhibiting, I would go there because they always play a very wide range of stuff, including music that I like, music that talks to me. Now, I'm not saying that everything should talk to me. I've got to be very clear about that. Because yeah, I'm and I agree to, with I'm, you. I, it's, again, it's not about me. I'm, I've got the stuff I want. I'm, I'm hoping people will be compelled enough. And again, I guess I would look at the show more as mm. I would go to a high – if I didn't know where the hi-fi dealers were in my area, I would go to a hi-fi show to find out where the good dealers are or where, right. where I could – you know, so – but I only I think that audio shows only talk to a very narrow range of people. Well, so who's yeah, a very narrow range of musical tastes. Yes. So you know I don't think they talk to anybody who's into metal, anybody that's into soul or hip hop. There'll always be people saying, "Well, I heard this track in this room at three p.m. on a Saturday afternoon." But these are anomalous um, situations. This is not. The this is not the the uh, what do you call the average experience. The average experience is jazz, opera, classical, um, plus soft acoustic music, plus white dude blues. Generally, I'm not knocking any of those genres. I need to be very clear about this. But therefore, the show only talks to people who like that kind of music. I well, am not one of those people, you know. Nor am I yet, but though I do have a real weakness for '80s music. But I mean, and and I and I really have a weakness for classic rock. But again, it's not about me. It's right. about getting new people in. So, and and personally, dude, I love it when you hand the iPad to somebody and they play a track, and you can you can just see their eyes light up. You know, right. and, yes. and that's such a cool thing. So can't you put your own musical taste on the side for three days to get that? Really? I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think you also have to kind of ride with the fact, well, ride with the, the, uh, the dynamic range compression as it goes up and down as people play different things. You have to run with that. But, it, but if you're the manufacturer, you're paying for the room. I understand that you might not want to do that. I'm fully sympathetic to that. But then you can't afterwards complain that there are no new people coming into hi-fi. Exactly. You have your part to play. Everybody has their part to play. And I have to reiterate this again. This is not about shows not playing music that I like. It's, it shows having a very, very narrow musical appeal. That only, they only really play to the kind of 
the established crowd, right? You know, right. the guys that are sort of into that sort of thing, they know what they're going to expect and they can go in and say, oh, can you play some acoustic music or can you play that Patricia Barber cut or something like that? Hey, you know what's funny, Jeff? Let me just a little aside here for a moment. Some guy emailed me basically accusing me of misogyny for the occasional jokes that I make about um, Diana Krall being so omnipresent in audiophile circles. And it took me two emails to explain to him I'm not making jokes about Diana Krall at all. Not at all. I'm We're kind of making jokes, jokes about, about boring music. And I'm, no, no, I'm actually boring no, to I'm, us. Boring I'm to making, us. No, you know, I'm making you know. I'm I'm making jokes about the guys that play it ad nauseum. I'm making jokes about the audiophile community, basically, because it's just the same, same, same. And I just I don't know. It it really does feel like Groundhog Day a lot of the time when you're at a show. Now, I go to meet manufacturers and, I mean, I have a professional interest and I can sort of do my work around that music. But I, I, I don't think I've ever been past an iPad at a show. Not ever. I don't really go to listen. And that's probably why I've stopped listening because it doesn't, doesn't really happen. Have you ever seen past the iPad take place at the show, Jeff, very often? No, no, no. And, and, the, and in the old days when you used to take CDs around. yeah. I mean, I'd always burn a CD with, say, 12 tracks I knew, you know, right. and I'd go, oh, play, play, you know, play track three. Right. Boom. Everybody's out. Or the guy, I remember once at CES, the guy said, how'd you like to hear some female vocals? And I said, yeah, here, put this disc in and play track three. And it was Patti Smith Piss Factory. And the whole <laughs> place cleared out, you know, I mean, it was like. You know, or another right. time it's like play track seven and it's the pretenders. Bad boys get spanked. Whole room clears out. I'm like, that's female vocal music to me. But again, it's it's not about that. It's it's about I wa- I'm in. I've bought in. I spend my whole life in this world. So mm. I just want you to get a hi-fi that you'll love or at least get a taste of what it is that I enjoy so much. So people always go, gosh. I don't know why you're so obsessed with that. Well, here's why I'm so obsessed with that. And every time someone comes to my home to listen to music, I mean, that's the first thing. You know, it's like, hey, here, here's the pad. You know, pick something out you love. And every single time, you know, it's a positive experience. So, But but doesn't that tell you, you playing Patti Smith and watching the room clear out, doesn't that tell you how intolerant audio show audiences can be with other people's music tastes that deviate from the norm. Yeah, pretty much. And, and, and again, I mean, it's just, well, you know, because if that's the kind of music I listen to, or that's the kind of music you listen to, um, listening to someone else's music, unless it pulls me in where I go, wow, Hey, I never heard that before. That's really cool. Um, I just question as to whether that's enough to make someone flip the switch of interest so that they're excited. That's all. Um, I mean, you. I mean, it's. I guess that. I guess what I'm trying to get to here with that intolerance thing is: imagine if you or I were sat in a room and then somebody punches in Diana Krall yet again, and we stood up and went, "Oh, yeah, that gets me out of the room." Again. I'll, yeah, right. I mean, that'll yeah. get me out of the room. I'm like, nope, don't need to hear this. Gotta go. But, um, but I would never say that and I would never make a fuss about it and I wouldn't complain about it at the show at the time. And I, I know you and I are getting it all out in this podcast today, but I would never make a fuss a show because that's rude. 
You know, that's rude right. to your host and rude to other people that exactly. do enjoy that music, right? Yeah. But the people that do stand up and do let it be known that they don't dig, you know, my Portishead track or what or tricky or whatever it is I'm playing. These are the people that are part of the problem in keeping others from entering into this, well, what, what people call hobby, I call life pursuits. But I, I just, I, I find the intolerance insufferable. And I guess I, it's always a grumpy old man. I'm sorry it is. It's always a, some grumpy old guy. You know, there was think- a guy, I can't remember whose room I was in at the show, and mm. they were playing some jazz, and it was okay. And mm. the guy said, well, do you have some classical music? And, you know, the, of course, the fellow in the room pulled out a classical track, and I don't remember what it was, but it was a pretty popular track. And he said, well, at least you're not playing any of that damn rap music in here. And, you know, I oh. had to be a jerk. I said, well, you know, a lot of that music's pretty well recorded, you know. Yeah, well, it is. who listens to crap like that? I said, hey, I listen to Snoop Dogg all the time. It's awesome, you know. And and he is just like, well, you obviously don't know anything about music or hi-fi. I said, yeah, you're right. I probably don't. And but you, you know, but you see, well, Jeff, that these that that attitude is for me. I see that as as pretty cancerous in the audio world because it's it's the height of intolerance and it's the well, height it, of arrogance and snobbery. I I, I just think it's I agree. appalling. And, and you have to understand again. Okay, have you ever been? And I'm gonna I'm gonna really stick my neck out here. Have <laughs> you ever been in a bar with a woman who criticized? how another woman looked when she walked in said establishment. Yeah, I've, I've witnessed okay. it a few times. Yeah. yeah, I was once, many years ago when I was single, I was out on a date with a woman and she said, look at the way she looks. And I said, but you know, she didn't look in the mirror before she walked out the door and went, boy, do I look crappy. You know, so again, the flip side of, I think, of what you and I are discussing is that that person that likes Diana Krall, that likes whatever, they mm. love that music as much as you and I like the music we like. Absolutely, they do. And there's nothing, um, again, must must clarify this because I know people are going to email me with misunderstandings. I'm not criticizing the music. Not right. at all. I'm not criticizing jazz. I'm not criticizing classical. I'm not criticizing opera. I'm criticizing the fact that as a collective, these are very; these are really the only genres of music that are, in the main, represented at audio shows. That's my criticism. No, I agree, Not, and I and, right? and and to to take your point, to take your point, agree with your point, and to take it further. All I am asking, and I'm not telling, I'm asking. I'm just saying, mm. hey, to everybody in the audio industry, if you'd like to get more people into this world, which at the end of the day sells more boxes, just you know, give everybody else a little bit of time. You know, I'm give those, give those, give that seed of excitement a chance to grow. That's that's all I'm asking. If you want to sell more stuff. You have to go. You have to go where the customer is. That's retailing one hundred and one. But the guys that pay for these rooms at shows will will say to you, Jeff, and they'll say to me as well. They'll say, "But those kinds of it's it's a it's a catch twenty two. It's a chicken and egg, right? Those people, those new people, are not coming to shows. 
the traditional crowd are coming to shows, so I'm going to play music to the traditional crowd, which then locks it in for another year in the, in the same way. So at some point, you sort of there has to be a break made, and there may be a pain barrier where some of the more traditional crowd fall away. It's a risk for them, right? So I understand that they don't necessarily want to take that risk because they're paying lots of money to be at these shows. Well, again, you know, why not just? I mean, it never hurts to ask. You know, uh, th- if, that's it. If- so, so what I'm suggesting is that if somebody in the in the audience does say, "Can you please play?" Oh, I'm trying to think of not, something not too extreme, right? So I'm looking across at my record collection now like there was an indie so what okay so when i when i was when i was buying hi-fi in the early 90s i just got out of university i had two tracks that i used to take to um richer sounds in london and i they were just normal store-bought cds i used to play losing my religion by rem and i used to used to play two tracks from an album by a band called the house of love and it had the butterfly on the front. House of Love fans know it as the butterfly album. I used to play Shake and Crawl and In a Room. And these were the three tracks that I played, right? Now, so if, you know, it doesn't matter really what those tracks are, but if somebody at an audio show says, can you play Shake and Crawl by the House of Love? I would ask that exhibitor, if, you, that, if, you, if you're an exhibitor and you find yourself in that situation, don't shut me down or people like me down. Don't say, oh, don't know what that is, not playing it play it. And then if anybody grumbles in the room, then then stand up for me and say, no, this is, you know, this gentleman has asked for this track. It's only three or four minutes. We don't even have to play the whole thing. And let it ride and ask everybody else to be tolerant of my choice. And then repeat that for other people. Because the de facto, you know, this is the default stance of crowd. Well, of course, nobody can challenge that. I mean, if you did, you would be, I don't know, Maybe, well, you'd be rude for a start. I would implore exhibitors to encourage more tolerance when faced with diversity of music requests. Well, or even, I mean, possibly, again, just trying to look for a solution. Mm. You know, if, if if I were a manufacturer and I were doing this and I were showing it a show, I would say... You know, I'd either put it in the program, put a sign up on the door, say, hey, top of the hour, first 15 minutes of the hour are requests, Mm -hmm. you know, or it it doesn't have to be a specific thing, but say, hey, top of the hour is requests. You know, we play a certain Mm -hmm. amount of music. You know, when you're when you're doing a dem, you know, it's like, hey, we play we obviously explain to the audience, you know, again, your job as the manufacturer is to explain and demystify and build mm-hmm. excitement. Hey, you know, we play a certain amount of tracks that we've handpicked that we know really shows off the capability of our system. Mm-hmm. But top of the hour, you know, if we're not playing music you like, come back at the top of the hour, we'll hand the iPad to you. Right. I guess what we're both talking, you and I here, Jeff, is about being more accommodating of requests from other people from, you know, and also accommodating more left field requests if they come and being more tolerant of those and asking the rest of the audience to also be more tolerant of those. I guess it's just a matter of. Well, and see, for me, I guess as an old guy, um, no, I'm I don't. Cla- I don't. No, I no, don't class I mean, you as that kind. 
no, mean, no, uh, no, it's kind okay. Of you can, you can. I mean, I'm old. No. What the hell? What can I say? But no, 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 no. no. Old is an attitude. Jeff, I know this is a cliche, but uh, the kind of old I'm talking about is an attitude. I know what you're talking about. You know, it's this. It's it's, it's an intolerant attitude. You don't have it. I I love. I mean, for me, the best part of music is sharing music with people, and I love it. You know, I've always got. I mean, I've got three monitors in front of me when I'm working all day long, and one screen's got Facebook on it. And I love it when you pop up or David Solomon pops up or even somebody I don't know pops up and they're all excited about some piece of music that I, I've never heard. It's like, mm. cool, I'm going to go to Rune and check that out. That's, you know, I, I mean, again, if I were a manufacturer and I were doing a hi-fi show, I'd say I would welcome that. I'd say, hey, Bring me some shit I've never heard. You know, mm. that's the coolest part of music to me. You know, it's, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, and to show that I'm putting my money where my mouth is mm. next year, we're doing a room at the Florida show. And Good for you. that's what it's going to be. Come and hang out with us and listen to music. There's going to be one room at the Florida hi-fi show next year that you can come in and you can play anything you want and i'm i'm all over it it's like hey play some music for me that i've never heard i'm i'm i want to meet you if you've got some music i've never heard come on in my room and hang out and let's go you know well i've got an album for you jeff because i know in these podcasts i always try and give you a record you always give me great music to listen to so this is again it's electronic music it's from the year 2000 by a guy called and Anthony Rotter, he's German, and the album has a very long German name, right? So it's three, well, it's two words in one, but it sounds like three. It's Simulat, no, oh, I can't even say this right now. What's the Simulat- name? How do I spell An- it? An- Anthony Rotter, or Rother. So it's R-O-T-H-E-R, okay. and it's Simulation Zeitalter, which means simulation age. Okay. And you would loosely call this Electro, but... Okay. But it's it's not really. Anyway, there's one track on here that I would suggest everybody goes and plays. It's track four. It's called Biomechanic or Biomechanic. And it sounds just like Kraftwerk. Just ah, like Kraftwerk. So okay. it, it, just play that track first so you can get a flavor oh, of it. And it's, it's, you know, it's a pretty cool record. It's a very wintry record. I mean, the first track is about a nuclear winter. It's very German. But... I, I think I discovered this album actually when it came out and I'm not into electro at all, but I heard this and thought that sounds like Kraftwerk. I'm going to get into that. And um, the rest of his stuff is not so much like that, but I love it. So there you are. That's my album of uh, album of the month for this podcast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So let me, re- I'll repeat that for everybody. It's, oh, I'll put a link in the show notes, but okay. Anthony, Anthony Rota, Simulat, oh God, Simulation Zeitalter. Some of these German words, when you try and say them in German, it's very difficult, especially when they're all smushed together like this one. I have a hard enough time with English as a first language, you know. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, well, anyway, like, I mean, I love the idea of people being able to suggest tunes in in audio audio shows or even other demos. And, you know, I would love it. Well, I do love it. I would love it when the host entertains those requests. And I love it even more when the people in the room who are having to, you know, endure mine or somebody else's choice and they don't like it, they wear it and they sit, they sit through it and they shut up if they don't like it. And they just 
you know, get through it because it's not about them. It's not about me. It's about everybody. It's about the collective experience and everybody gets a go. In an ideal world, I'd love to see the iPad passed around. I think that's the best way of doing it. Um, and you can also, you can just play the first two minutes. I mean, at Focal, nobody got to hear the, you know, the, the full track. It was usually faded out and then you pass the iPad on to somebody else. I thought I mean, that was terrific. Very demographic. I mean, it's not like it's not like you asked them to play Lou Reed metal machine music in its entirety. You right, know? exactly. Um, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't I mean you always get people like that who want to be dicks about it and we'll go, oh, I'm gonna play this 25 minute psychedelic rock jam. No, but right. you, so you have to play something that sort of gets gets going after like at least a minute or two. And I, yeah, I you know, yeah. I'm not gonna be obnoxious and play really industrial techno but i might play a little bit of electronic music and then i might play some bill callahan a lot of audiophiles will love bill callahan go and play the song um i was a stranger is it called i was a stranger if i was a stranger anyway it's just a soft country song so you think there you go yeah so that's another one to go for but yeah i think you and i have the same complaint jeff but what i just it's it's you know again if we're going to get more people young mm. and old enthused about what we're doing um we have to accommodate them and right but but i think it's, it's very it's been very clear today that we're not just having a grumble for grumble's sake we're no, not being not cran- we're, not, we're not being cranky pants for cranky pants sake and we're also suggesting possible solutions and that's important if you're going to have a whinge about something you have to say how this could be better Right. It might not well, be the again, right answer. I mean, we I have to give so much um I have to give major kudos to David Solomon where he's making Cobas available to everyone at the show. Right. So right. It, it, it it couldn't be easier. I mean, all you have to do is reach out and grab it. You have been listening to the Darko Audio Podcast with me, John Darko, and Tone Audio's Jeff Dorgay.